How is everyone this morning? Awesome, awesome. I'm so excited to be sharing with you guys. I'm going to be sharing about my Ecuador trip and what God is doing. I just want to thank you guys, first of all, for your support, for your love, for your prayers. And I want you to know that when you give, this is what you're giving to. What you're going to see, this is what you're giving to. This is God working in Ecuador, and you're just as much a part of sending me and going with me as to what God is doing over there. So I just want you guys to know that. I want to thank you guys for that. Uh, The prayers were felt. It was a great week. We had a blast. We had a good time. God is moving, and God is moving here as well. So the focus for today, I want to focus on not just the mission work in Ecuador, but also the mission work that is happening here and the mission that we are called to, okay? I also want to say welcome to guests. This is a little late for it, but welcome to the guests. Um, see some new faces, and, and uh, I see a new person right there counting some people too. It's the first time. No. Hey, Dave. But let's pray, and then we'll get into it. Father, I thank you so much for this time where we're able to gather and worship you. God, you are so good and you are so loving towards us. God, you are the reason why we live. And God, I just, I thank you for this time that we can come and worship and spend time in your word and see what you are doing all over the world. We thank you for the work that you are doing and the people that you are calling into relationship with you. And I thank you that we can be a part of that work as well. We love you, God. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I went to Ecuador, a city called Guayaquil. Um, I came back and now I'm fluent in Spanish. Guayaquil, okay? So this is the group that we have. This is with a group called Reaching and Teaching, whom we support as Red Hills. We give monthly gifts um, to support the work that they are doing over there. Um, Reaching and Teaching, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what Reaching and Teaching does. Reaching and teaching, they send, so they have nine modules over a course of three years, three, uh, three modules in each year, and they are training pastors. They're training up pastors to go and reach their people and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. They're also, you see that there's some women here, but they are giving women the opportunity to grow in the relationship with Christ because we're digging into the word Um, There's different aspects to each module. So there's the head, there's the heart, and there's the hands. So the head, you're getting biblical uh, knowledge and application. The heart, you're getting some more Bible knowledge, but also it's like worship or or what, what does a Christian life look like within the heart? So how can we grow you in your relationship with Christ? The hands is how do we apply all of this? What do we do? It should reflect something. So like this, this module that we just taught, that the hands was service. And so serving, what does it look like to serve? Uh, we talked about ordinances, and then we talked about church history. And the church history was kind of the main portion of the night. But what was amazing is that this, this site is a little bit different in Guayaquil. Because most of the people there have full-time jobs. And so they work all day long, and then they come at 6 o'clock, and they study God's word for four and a half hours. 
And so they'll stay there after just getting off. They'll go shower, come back, and then they're studying God's word. And there there wasn't a time frame, oh, man, the preacher's taking too long. So I'm telling you, we're going until about 1 o'clock today because they stay for such a long period of time. No, I won't do that to you, okay? But it was a great time. So this was just, it was a week-long conference and we would, we would come at, at 6 o'clock, go until about 10, 10.30. What's crazy is, so like in different cultures, it's not about time, okay? We're so time-oriented. We, we got to be here at this time. We can't be late. We got to go here, and we'll get a little bit more into this a little bit later. But in different cultures, in Latin cultures, it's, I'm going to show up at 6.30, 7 o'clock, but I'm going to stay until 11.30, 12 o'clock. And then we're like, we're Americans, we gotta go to bed. Like, you guys, you guys gotta leave. But it was just, it was like, I'm here. It's the relationship between each other. It's a very, um, it's community based. It's not an individualistic uh, culture like it is here in America. It's very community oriented and community centered, family oriented, family centered. And so they would just love to be there. And every time I get to go, it is such a blessing to reconnect with these brothers and sisters and to see their heart and how God is transforming them. If you go to the next slide, please. So this is the first night that we were there. We were teaching on Follow Me and Radical by David Platt. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today afterwards because I think it is very applicable to mission work. And so this was, this was a great night um, after we had, so I got to teach, I got to teach on Follow Me, um, and then another member got to teach on Radical. After we taught, I had a gentleman come up to me and say, start speaking to me in Spanish. And I'm just looking at him, and I'm like, what's he saying? You know, and I'm like trying to figure it out, because I could pick pieces of words, and so I'm trying to put it together, and he's speaking to me, and I'm like... Hey, hey, come here, come here. I got the translator. I said, can you tell me what he's saying? And he said, he's a pastor at a different church in this city, and he wants you to come and preach for the church tomorrow morning. Would you be willing to do that? And so I said, I would love to, but we got to set this up logistically. We've only got one car. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Oh, we'll pick you up. We'll pick you up. We'll come and get you here at 930. And I thought, it's 11.30 at night. I haven't prepared a message for this stuff. Like, I, what am I going to do? Because I'm like, I've got to be prepared. Okay, God, you're going to have to do this. Because he, the very next morning, I'm going to be preaching. But it all went good. Next slide. This is the pastor. Um, would you go on to the next? Thank you. So this is the pastor, the one on your guys' left holding the baby. His, his name's Carlos, and then this is his brother-in-law that he is with. His name's Winston. So they're both godly men, and, and what was really cool is that, so Pastor Carlos is a lawyer, full-time lawyer. Then Winston, he, he, was a, he, he worked for a radio, a Christian radio station. Now, this is the church where they're standing out front of their church. This was a church plant, and this church plant, it was wild because we go into this community, okay, and it's surrounded by these houses. Now, in Latin America, everything, like, the buildings are connected. All the houses are connected, very small. Sometimes the businesses will be ran at the bottom of the building, and then everybody lives upstairs, like the whole family. I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about, like, grandma, grandpa, everybody, okay? Okay. 
But this was really cool because we get here, had a great time, great service. God just moved. Um, and there's about 40 people in this church plant, okay? Now keep this in mind because this is, this is where God was blew my mind, okay? After the service, he says, come, come, will you come and have a meal with us? Come and have a meal with our family. I said, yeah, like, look to the, the translator, would that be okay? So we ended up going, and I'm thinking we're going to get in the car and go somewhere. And that wasn't the case. We just kept walking past the car. And so we're walking, and next thing you know, I see his practice, his office, the lawyer's office. And we keep walking, and we see his house, then his brother-in-law's house, and then his in-law's house, all within this little community that they were trying to reach. So within like two, three blocks, this church was located literally in their community. And they were trying to reach that community. Guayaquil is about three million people. There's a little over three million people. And they were focused on God's call in their life to reach their neighbors and to love their neighbors right where they were. And so this church plant was right in the middle of this community, and they were wanting to go and serve their neighbors. They wanted to go and tell the gospel to their literal neighbors. That was the work that they're doing over there. This wasn't like something like, you know, a missionary comes in, and they're going and evangelizing. They're actually doing it right where they live. And so that was super encouraging. That was, that was a blast. That was super cool. I'm, I'm glad I went. Will you go to the next slide, please? This was a place called Ladelia. This was about, this was just outside of Guayaquil. And this was the slums of, of, of Ecuador, okay? So, so as you can see in the picture, mostly everything is made with wood. They have like a little bit of bamboo. Um, they had this insulated, the best thing I can describe it as is if you've ever seen an insulated ice chest uh, that's made out of cardboard. Like they had that material for their houses, to make their houses. We go to the next slide. Oh, also they had tin roofs. So if you could afford it, you had tin, okay? So just before we had gotten there, the week before, they had flooded. And they had flooded like record levels, two feet. And it went through this whole village. And as you'll see, these houses, they can't escape it. There's no way for them to keep the water out of their house. Most of the houses don't have doors, don't have windows, or very, very poorly uh, built. So there's gaps everywhere. And so you would see a lot of houses that had tarp. They had a black tarp that they came and they put um, the tarp around just to try to keep a little bit of the, the water out. Go to the next one, please. So this is a picture of some of the huts that they had. Um, so these were the nice ones. Well, they weren't super nice, but they had doors. They had doors, they had a window, they had a roof. And so these ones were like, these are pretty good compared to the rest of them, because the rest of them falling apart. We go to the next. So this was the church in Ladelia. Same situation, okay? There's a man, his name is Pastor Dario. 
And him and his wife, he took him and his wife, and they move into this village. Now, Pastor Dario owns an excavating company. He's a dirt worker. He owns it. He hands me his business card. He has bulldozers. He has excavators. He's got scrapers. He's, I mean, pretty well off in Ecuador. But he had a heart and a, and a passion for these people. So he moves literally right across the street from this church building. And him and his wife move into there. And this is the church building. As you can see, I had the opportunity to teach. And majority of the people that were there, or all of the people that were there, were children and then the wives. Because the dads were out trying to make a living, but not making much. They're making like $5 a week. Okay? And so it was the moms and the children. And so we got to have like a little VBS. We got, I got to tell them the gospel. But it was amazing because these people were so joyful. They were so content. They had nothing. They had just gotten flooded, yet they were happy, and they were joyful, ready to worship Jesus in these locations. Now, you can see in the church building, well, you can't, you'll see some other pictures, but in the church building, no windows. It's brick. There's no AC. This time is their hottest time in the year right now. So it was like 92 degrees with 90 to 100% humidity, okay? I got some bad genes from my dad where I sweat when I eat, okay? So I am seriously sitting there and I'm just drenched. I'm drenched in sweat and it just doesn't stop, okay? Everybody is drenched in sweat. I was, I was so bad, in fact, our translator, the second time we go there, my translator says, hey, why don't you take some more napkins because you had a lot of sweat last time. <laughs> and I had, and this morning I was going to bring it in. I pulled out of my back pocket some of my sweat rags that I had. And it was, but we were all super sweaty. But what the amazing thing was is that we were still hugging each other. And so we were like, we love you, man. And we just... We were drenched, and it didn't matter. But here in America, like, if we're sweating and we're in this building, you're not touching me, right? But it was like just this whole community aspect, this family orientation, where we were united in Christ. And it's like, I don't care if you're sweating, bro. I don't care if you smell like onions. Like, come here. That was really cool. And Will you go to the next one, please? So this, we just had an awesome opportunity to be able to serve and minister to the children, to the moms. Uh, we were able to hand out. I had some pictures, but I didn't put them on here because Lacey told me they're going to get bored of all those pictures. So, but we had some, we, had, we were able to hand out food to the community, uh, to the church members. They were coming, and that was one of the ways that they outreached. There was a need, and this is how Jesus did it too. There was a physical need. Jesus met that physical need, but he knew that there was a spiritual need that was greater. And that's what they were doing here. They had, there was a physical need. They gave out food, and they said, hey, come to church. And they would start coming to church. And so it was just super awesome to see the gospels being played out. And that, I know we're, we're like that here as well. We go to the next one, please? Um, here's just another picture. The, the man holding up the phone on... Your guys' right side, that's the pastor that moved over there. And this building, 
there was becoming so many people that were coming to this church, it was getting too small. And it was, it was tiny. I mean, this was probably the nicest building in all of the village. And it was this tiny, tiny building. And he was going to take his house and swap. So his home was going to become the church. And it wasn't much bigger. Like, I'm telling you, it was not much bigger at all. But he was about to swap places so that the church had more space. And I thought that was pretty neat. So this was another night that we got to... Uh, go and speak with the, the youth. Um, this was a Wednesday night. They said, hey, you work with youth, so why don't you come and hang out with us? So I ended up going. We got to talk about this. They had their, their new uh, series that they were covering. And it was ironic because it was loving things that don't love you instead of loving Jesus. And we had just went over that in youth in a little series, is loving things that don't love you back. And so we got to talk, we, had, we did fun games. Um, I had one girl come up to me and was like, you love Taylor Swift? You love Taylor Swift? And I'm like, of course I love Taylor Swift, like, come on. And we just really connected there. So this is what it looked like in each module that we did. They, so this is from the six o'clock to 10, 10.30. We had about 40 to 50 people each night, um, but we would stand there and we'd teach, we equipped. Uh, we had, it was amazing because we had these questions that were just, you could tell that they were in the word, they were hungry for God's word, they were searching and they would, they would ask these questions that were just like, whoa, this is encouraging because I know and I can tell your spiritual growth I can see that you're hungry for God's word. But what was even more wild and which blows me away, and I'm like, God, what are you trying to tell me, is each time that I've taught, so last year that I taught and this year that I taught, they've come up with these questions that are just like, I don't even know what to tell you. And it would like cause these group discussions, and they would get heated. They'd be standing up on the tables like, they're, they're talking with each other, and they would be yelling. Or, and Latin Americans, okay, they're not, they express themselves. As you can see, they express themselves. And so they're, it looks like you're, they're fighting in the church, but you know that they're just loving each other, okay? You know that they're loving, and they're, they're very expressive. And then I would have to look at the translator and be like, what's going on, dude? Because it looks, it looks bad. But so the, some of the questions, like the last time I taught, last time I taught, I taught on the pastor's character. And I was teaching First Timothy, and, he said, and it says, uh, a husband of one wife. And so they asked, okay, so does this mean that he's only been married once? Or can he be divorced, but he's a husband of one wife. That means he doesn't have any girlfriends or he's not doing things that he's not supposed to. And so I'm like, okay, this is where I lean. And then they'd be like, no, 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 no. This is, no, 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 no. And they'd be going back and forth. This time I was teaching on baptism. And so I'm teaching on baptism and they raised their hand. Yes, can I take a question? And they said, okay, in Acts 2, it says, Peter says, repent, believe, be baptized, and then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. So they said, 
So after baptism, do we, we receive the Spirit, or at conversion, do we receive the Spirit? And I'm like, oh, dude, okay. So we're going to have to look at some scripture here. But before I could even answer, you had two different sides of the room going back and forth. And that's what was cool, is that they were like, let's look at scripture. And so they would open up scripture and say, well, it says here that you receive the spirit at conversion. And it said, well, well, what about in Acts 17? And they were going back and forth, and they were discussing amongst themselves, okay, what does the word of God say, and how can we closely apply this to our lives and the, to the teaching? And so, ultimately, I'm not going to leave you hanging on whether we get the Holy Spirit before or after baptism, but ultimately, I just told them, it's God's, it, God gives the Spirit when he wants to give the Spirit. Because you see Cornelius and his whole household, when they got saved, they were proclaiming Jesus and the Holy Spirit fell upon them. But you see also, you see the church of Ephesus, or you see Philip and the eunuch, who when he was baptized, then the Spirit came. Or you see if Ephesus, when they believed, they were baptized, but then there was some time that they had to wait. So God gives the Spirit when he wants to give his Spirit. But conversion is where I was kind of like leaning towards. Okay, just so you're not confused and you have the same questions and come ask me later. All right? So that, I think that's the last slide, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's turn to Matthew. Let's turn to Matthew chapter, um, chapter 4, verse 19. It says... Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Come, follow me. I want to recognize something here. That Jesus initiates the relationship. I have heard, oh, I found Jesus. I, you know, I asked Jesus into my, my heart, and that's, that's right. But he is the one who first initiates the relationship. He is the one that is Lord no matter what. You don't have to claim him to be Lord for him to be Lord because he is still going to be Lord no matter what. And the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So just because we profess him as Lord doesn't mean that we're making him Lord. He's already Lord. But he initiates that relationship, and he wants a response from us. And he says, I will make you fishers of men. Now, he's saying this to disciples who were fishing, right? They were just fishing, and he calls them to follow him. And so their livelihood was what? To fish. Their livelihood was to gather the fish, go to the market so that they could provide for their family, so that they could provide for their needs. But he says, come, follow me, leave that, and I'll make you a different fisherman. I'm going to make you fish for men. Okay? Now, when we respond to Jesus' initial call, this is what's really cool. In, John, in 1 John 3, 1, he says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, 
that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. We are called children of God. When we deny ourselves, because in a different passage, I had it, but it's okay. It says we must, in order to follow Jesus, we must deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him. And so we're giving up everything. We're giving up our time management, our schedule, the schedule that we set here in America where we have to do this, do this, do this. Where's the time for God when God wants to use you when somebody is off on the side of the road when they're broken down? Or where's the time where it says that God wants you to, where God's spirit leads you to pray for somebody or go and preach the gospel for somebody. We always get so busy and caught up in our everyday life that we don't make the times for those divine appointments where God says, I want you to go and I want you to talk with that person, listen to their story, and then pray for them. Or I want you to go and I want you to serve that person who has grocery bags walking down the street. I want you to go and give them a ride. Well, God, you know what? I've really got to be to work right now. Or I've really got to go to the gym right now. I don't have time. But Jesus says you must deny yourself every day. You're killing yourself. You're killing your passions, your desires, and you're submitting to the Spirit and you're following him. And that's the first step. But then he says, you are my child. You are my child. You've been adopted into this family. And guess what? Any parent, the Bible also says, Jesus says, what what father when it is asked for a loaf of bread will give him a snake? That parent is going to provide. And Jesus says in John 6, 6.35, right? Yeah, I'm blind. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. After that response, after that self-denial, that repentance, he says, I want to provide for you. Every need and desire that you have, I want to provide for you. What? For what purpose? For his purpose, for his will. He wants you to be a part of the kingdom work here. Where you are, he wants to fulfill his purpose, his desires, and his will through you. And while that is happening, he is providing everything you need to accomplish that. And he is providing everything you need to grow spiritually in him. He's calling you into this intimacy where you know him, where you enjoy him, you experience him. And you are satisfied. You're filled with his joy. You're filled with his spirit. And he's giving you everything you need to reach and accomplish what he has called you to do. So when he is saying, follow me, he's not saying, follow me, and I'm not going to look back and take care of you. He's saying, follow me. Come walk beside me. I will be there with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. What I have called you to, this I will be with you through. I will work through you to accomplish this. All the while, you're getting everything met, your emotional desires, according to his will, right? And so Jesus has called us to mission. Jesus has called us to a mission where it says what we call the Great Commission, 
Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. We have a responsibility. As Christ followers, we have a responsibility. We look at Ecuador, and we look at, when, we look at Africa, we look at all of Latin America, we look at Europe, and we say, those are the mission fields. It's when I go across seas, that's the mission. In fact, it's when we go across seas, when I'm able to go, all I'm doing is joining in what God's already doing there, how he's already using his people. And that's the same here. We have a call of God on our life where he is going to work everything out that needs to be worked out. He's going to work in us and provide in us a heart that is after him, that is set on him, but a heart for a broken people. And he's going to work that through us. Now, I do want you to know, though, you should go on, if you have an opportunity to go on a short-term mission trip across seas, do it. Like, it is amazing. Just to go and see different cultures, to see different people, to experience what the life is like, and especially what the food's like. Like, I'm telling you, the food, we had this stuff, it's called casuele bucan, is what it was called. And it is it's smashed up plantains, and it's got seafood in it, and it's got avocado, oh my goodness. I was afraid, so the people are so hospitable in Ecuador that, and all of Latin America, like I told you, like this community thing and a family thing. So every time we would go somewhere, these people would be like, can we cook for you? Will you come to our house? Like, we'll like to make you a meal. So we'd be like, yeah. But I got to the point where I'm like, no, I want want to go and get casuele. Like, and, but God worked it all out. God worked it all out. But Don't lose sight on the mission that we have here. And I just want to encourage you guys. Don't fill up. This is what God has worked on in me, too. Don't fill up your schedule with do, 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 do. And some people need schedules. And some people, some people, like, really want to go by the schedule. But allow the Spirit to move in your life. Allow allow the Spirit. Be so in tune with the Spirit then when he says, I want you to do something, you're available. And we went through this with experiencing God. You know, whether that means changing the grocery stores that you go to, going down an aisle and just praying with somebody. Allow the spirit to move in you to fulfill his will and purpose. Amen? How am I on time? We're good? Okay. I feel like that one went a lot faster than this morning. So now I've got to fill the time with something else. No. Okay, we'll pray. We'll ask the, the worship team to come up. And uh, Robin's starting to feel like what it was like in Ecuador over there. <laughs> All right, let's pray. God, thank you.